Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning to all of my beautiful international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the great TalkZone.com internet radio. And um, I want to say that I appreciate you listening to me on this beautiful day in spite of uh, what's going on in our world. It's still a beautiful day that God has given us because this is what I say, listeners. Thank you, God, that I have woken up this morning because of you that you have let me know who I am, what I am, where I am, and what it is I need to do this day. Thank you. And for that, I am grateful. As um, I was saying, regardless of all of the sad and bad things that is happening in our country and world right now, I pray that you all are safe and that you and your family are standing strong, knowing that God is still at the helm. Mother Nature continues to do her best for rectification as our weather in lots and, you know, in a lot of parts of this country is cooling off and that's even going to help, you know, the fires that we have um, going around in our country, particularly in uh, California and Colorado, I understand. And um, and I, I know that this is a lot, listeners, and it is very hard and very trying for you and your families. However, as I said before, stand strong. Like I always tell you during my broadcast that nothing lasts forever but God's love. Okay, I want to give a shout out to all of the individuals who are working in the hospitals, you know, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs, the pharmacists, the janitors, the restaurant owners and their personnel, school teachers and all others who are actually putting their lives online during this horrific pandemic. Um. I want you to know that I appreciate all of your efforts and God bless you. Um, you know, we're going to have a, um, a very good uh, broadcast um, this morning. Um, I have my returning guest. Her name is Michelle Kubis. She is a friend to the show. And um, I am, you know, very excited, you know, that she and I are going to be dis- discussing, um, you know, issues, you know, getting a woman's perspective and, um, and, you know, so this is really going to be good. I'm excited. Yay. You know, um, you know, as I said before, the, the weather is cooling off. It's a beautiful day. And, um, listen, listeners, vote, 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 please register. If you, um, haven't registered already, please register. And if you have registered and have not voted, please vote. And once you get registered, (laughs) please vote. And just remember what I said, vote as your life dependent on it, because it does. And um, I'm going to be bringing on my guest, uh, Michelle Kubas, uh, here in a moment. But, you know, I like to have a little bit of a conversation between just you and I. And um, my question is, are you living with all of your heart or are you just existing in God's beautiful world? 
for a lot of us listeners, our country in particular right now, it's a lot. There's so much going on. We are still in a pandemic with numbers rising daily and um, people are unemployed. It's a lot of unfortunate things that's happening in our country and in our world. And as I frequently do um, say, and I was listening to um, one of my favorite ministers, um, Joel Osteen. I've talked to you guys about him before. And he replayed uh, one of his sermons uh, recently, which talked about appreciation, living joyously with a grateful attitude, because by doing so, you are honoring God and your blessings will increase. He talked about living with passion to put a smile on your face and walk with a spring in your step, doing things to the best of your ability as you are honoring God. Okay, so he says that don't run your life by comparing it to someone else's life. Stay in your lane and run your life with compassion. He says that comparing can get one in trouble because there is always going to be someone who has a larger house than yours. Their vacations is going to be more exciting than yours or your finances, you know, their finances are going to be bigger than yours, whatever. But he says that this is what can keep people from being passionate about their life. That you will always see someone with a bigger car than you, a bigger, more expensive home. The important thing is to run your own race, be the best that you can be. He continued to say that scripture says that God has given us the power to enjoy what has been allotted to us. You see, listeners, this means that I do not have the power to enjoy someone else's life, that someone else may have more money. Someone else may have more success, more friends. But if you were to put yourself in their life, you would not be happy. We are uniquely designed to run our own race. God will breathe in your direction when you are passionate about your life. It is an insult to God, he says, when you wish that you are someone else. This is because we are all masterpieces of God made in his image. We are not substandard. We are not second class rejects. We are all first class high standard. We are fully loaded and locked and ready to run the race that he has inspired and, and equipped us while we are here on earth. How do one keep the passion in their life? Well, he says that one way is by maintaining your life's goal, which is a key factor. That people who retire, for example, should have a place to keep growing, stay active and find a place to stay productive. Because when you stop producing, he says, you start slowly dying. God promises that by keeping him first, he will give us a long, satisfied life. How long is a satisfied life? As long as we keep producing. I fully know listeners that. We are living in some crazy hard times right now. And your eye on the prize can at times seem hard. This is why I am talking to you about living your life with passion. No matter what, do not let your dreams, your goals, aspirations go away. Stay prayerful, stay focused, stay strong and confident, remembering that this too shall pass. 
Thank you for listening to that. Um, listeners, I want to bring on my guest right now. Her name is Michelle Fabulous Kubis. She has been a guest on my show previously. She is an exceptional writer and she is president of Positive Potentials. And what she does in her business is that she coaches business and individuals to be successful in all of their endeavors. Good morning, Michelle, and thank you for being a guest on my show. Good morning, Teresa. Thank you for that rousing introduction. Oh, you're welcome. You're more mm-hmm. welcome. I, Yeah, I appreciate it. How are you this morning? I'm great. Great. Can you hear me? Am I, I got a, a new earpiece in, so I don't want to be too loud. Oh no, you're you're good. No, you're you're good. You're good sounding sounding good. Thank you. Okay, Michelle. Yeah, you know, I was supposed to have on another guest, but unfortunately, um she was not able to make it. But hopefully maybe in the future we can get her on, you know, the next time, you know, when I have, you know, my discussions. Um, but um let's get our conversations um started by talking about the children at the border of this uh, country. You know, it's a sad and long enduring negative consequence, Michelle, that I feel that this country is in that was put in motion by this current administration. And this is a subject that I have talked about on a couple of my previous shows. And right. And and so right now I want to play a recent soundbite from Don Lemon of CNN regarding this uh, this subject. So let's let's take a quick listen. During this presidency and the weeks leading up to this election, we cannot lose sight of what this country is supposed to be all about and of what what has been done in our name. And so I want to end this part of my show, right, just this beginning part, by going back a couple of years in light of some new information we just learned tonight. Remember, remember the children, some of them just babies, cruelly and heartlessly separated from their families by U.S. border officials in 2017, 2018? Well, tonight we're learning that parents of 545 of those children still can't be found. A court filing says that some two-thirds of those parents are believed to have been deported without their children. 545 kids that your government, our government, separated from their parents, possibly forever. This is what the Trump administration, this is their zero tolerance policy, is that what it is? Zero tolerance, and it results, its results are absolutely intolerable. It should be for anyone with a heart. Your thoughts on this, Michelle? Well, I, I, when I heard the, the number of children that were still uh, away from their, their parents, this was all intentional. That, that, to me, is the worst part. One thing, if they have a mistake and they can't find so-and-so, this was an intentional act of cruelty that... Uh, has a, an overtone to it that smacks of uh, Nazi Germany, and it really uh, it, it's breathtaking if you if you stop just long enough to think about it that we can put people we can put wristbands and things on people at a bar, but we can't coordinate children with their parents. I mean. It's, to me, it's, it's not a, just an embarrassment. I think they should be brought up on charges at the age for uh, yes. war crimes. 
That's yeah, what I think. And- Exactly. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with what uh, Don Lemon um, said. And, you know, I believe that um, uh, you and I had a discussion about this on one of my previous shows, you know, maybe one or two times. And, um, you know, there's also a, a piece um, that I also um, pulled up, uh, Michelle, by T.O. Armas on 10-21-2020 for the Washington Post. And it was titled, The Parents of 545 Children Separated at the Border Still Haven't Been Found. The Pandemic Isn't Helping. And in part it says, months before this person's administration rolled out its zero-tolerance policy on the U.S.-Mexico border, hundreds of migrant children were already separated from their parents with little fanfare. As those children were shuttled around the country in late 2017, their parents were swiftly detained or deported with few records taken by the government about where they went or how to contact them. It was only in 2019 after a federal judge ordered officials to hand their names over to immigration lawyers that the American Civil Liberties Union and other groups tried in earnest to begin returning them. Now, under this idiot's official zero tolerance policy, Michelle, you just uh, talked about, more than Mm -hmm. 2,800 families were separated in 2018. That is astounding. When public uproar forced that this idiot's administration to reverse the policy, many of those families, about five and six, were still in the United States, including in detention. Now, on Tuesday, those lawyers submitted a court filing with a grim update they have not yet been able to reach the parents of 545 children. About two-thirds of those parents are believed to be somewhere in Central America without their children. I mean, Michelle, this is unconscionable. And as Don Lemon said, if you have a heart, and we all do because that's the only way we're able to, to, to be living, but that does not mean that all of our hearts are on the same broadband. And I just think that is terrible. I do think that th- this is war, war crimes. I think that is also terrorism. And I just think that it's a shame that this country, the United States is America, that, you know, is one of the greatest countries, you know, in the, the why aren't we acting great? You understand what I'm saying, Michelle? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, to me, it's a form of genocide. I mm-hmm. really find that it's despicable. It's all these horrible words you could come up with. Uh, the, the point is, is that I, I go back to the word intention. You know, it's one thing if they if they lost their database. But they never intended to, to connect these people. It, no. It's like a... Um, what you, like a plot. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's mm-hmm. very, the, the negative energy that's going to bounce back on this uh, country as a result of that and what they do in our name is despicable. It, it really is. is. And there is, there will be consequences. Uh, we will suffer in the court of not only public opinion, but in the court of all the other countries. Um, I, I'm just surprised another country hasn't brought us to bear uh, on this. Yeah, I'm. I am. I'm surprised that Central America, um, you know, uh, their country, you know, they haven't uh, spoken up, and and other com- uh, companies, countries. But who knows? Maybe they will. Who who knows? I mean, you know, you have to think. As I said before, when you 
um, speak and act negative, everything has energy. Let me go back to saying this. Everything has energy, Michelle. You understand this, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners do as right, well. Right, and that's, that's that, what I'm saying. That energy is going to reflect that. Exactly. Like exactly. Yeah, even if the, the, the pen that I'm holding in my hand has energy. So this is why we need to be cognizant of what it is we do say, how we do it, and where we do it, who we do it to, because it will come back. The reverberance of that is going, you know, I mean, look at how bad it is in this country with this pandemic. It is just outrageous. And it is still the because of who is at the helm at the moment that has put in motion with these children, also put in motion with this pandemic. But that's another discussion. Let's move on. Michelle reported on CBS Sunday morning on 10-11-2020 at a recent White House rally, you know, the one after, you know, who was supposedly had coronavirus. It was being reported that, um, you know, that 1000 people were in attendance, but it was about 400 in actuality and that the overwhelming majority of those in attendance were blacks and Latinos. Now, my question is, do you see this as a cultural shift shift? in blacks and Latinos crossing over the Democratic Party line to the Republican Party? And why do you feel this is happening? Uh, I think part of the issue is that the political party system in this country is now defunct. It is it no longer functions. There are more independents registered than either party. I thought that was an interesting uh, statistic that mm-hmm. people have pulled away from the parties and that they are registered as independent. Mm-hmm. That, that should raise all kinds of flags for, for these parties, especially when they're always seeking money. Um, mm-hmm. It's not working anymore. We have, it, it has nothing to do really culturally with uh, African-Americans or Latinx or any of that. It, it, this is a, um, a last gasp if you will, for these parties to uh, have any value or, or uh, you know, pertinent to what goes, they don't address, both, of, both parties, they don't address the needs. They're all in this as a political class rather than mm-hmm. um, what needs to be done. That's why they're terrified of this AOC. Bless her heart. She just tells it like it is. And I'm not a big fan of everything that she says, but the point is that she's more indicative of what's coming up rather than uh, what, you know, it's like the, the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years the, the, mm-hmm. um, and, until the oldsters die off and you get a breath of fresh air in there. That's what I think this election is going to do. And And back to your point, uh, about the pandemic, I think this is on a larger scale a big cleanse to to bring everybody to a halt and say, "Okay, you've been spinning around like a crazy person. Take a look at what really is important." And um, mm-hmm. I, I, those are my personal feelings, um, but I, I really think it's a, a time of reflection, and uh, mm-hmm. we need to take care of uh, our. Uh, families and our friends and ourselves and uh, get past it. 
Exactly. I agree with you. But my my comment about the, you know, the shift of the blacks and Latinos, I think that I agree with you, Michelle. I think that overall there has become um, and, and it's not just starting. This has been been starting um, about the disillusionment. If there's such a word, if not, I just made it up um, because, um, you know, people are looking at it. Um, and as, as it's a need for the party, not what's a need for the people. Um, you have people that have been sitting as a representative or a Senate senator, you know, for 30 or 40 years. And they're supposed to be working for the constituents who consistently put them in office. And my question has always been, why is it that you've been working for these constituents and, you you know, even if you've been in there for four years, okay, what have you done for your constituents? You know what's what's needed. You know that they need, I don't know, um, the schools need to be upgraded uh, with technology, uh, the streets, um, uh, jobs, um, you know, whatever the, the case may be. What have you done on your report card in four years? This is why I think that there should be a time limit on people that they should not be. And you and I discussed this about career politicians. Oh, yeah. You could, yeah, you could be a fan of term you limits. Could, yeah, you could be a career politician, but you're not going to be a Republican or a or a senator, you know, or president, you know, just in there, in there, in there. You know, this is a democracy, you know, not a monarchy uh, like, um, you know, a totalitarian regime like some people that, you know, White House that slaves built would like for it to be. But um, I do believe that my, my only uh, my other uh, comment, too, is I want to move along. My other comment as well is that is that. A lot of people within this movement have become lost. You know, they're on the um, wrong side of the right thing, if that if that makes sense. And this is what I'm seeing a lot of. And I have hope yeah. that people. Yeah, I have hope that people come together and realize. And this is what I this is why I say that when you when you're voting. So I might as well get this out here now again. You know, I talked about vote like your life depended on it. But when you're going out there to vote. I always tell people, you know, to not just, you know, put the round circle in for president, vice president, whatever. Look at all of that. All of that matters. The, the You know, what's going on in your, you know, your your local votes, you know, all of the lower oh, it, level. It, the local of, affects you yeah, more than the, the it, national. It, exactly. All of your lower level government um, <laughs> um, issues is very I can't say very enough important enough, <laughs> you know, so look uh -huh. at those issues, learn, learn about, you know, the varying other questions that is asked, you know, look it up. They give you the books. You can also research. And uh, if you, if you don't know, you can ask people or whatever, you know, but it's very important to vote on those things. So my, my thing is to take some time, sit at the table with your your spouses or your love, you know, your children, if they're voting or whatever, and you guys look up all of these different uh, things that's going on and see how that will, you know, affect, you know, you, you know, and your family in the long run, because it does, because it does. Okay, Michelle. Now, schools across what? the country. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, no, I did. I'm, I'm making a joke. I said next. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> OK, schools across the, across the country are returning our children to school during this pandemic. They are varying reasons for this citing students, you know, mental health, you know, and they need to return, you know, because it's, you know, good for their mental health. 
parents have to work. You know, they don't have anyone to watch the children and they do have to work. Um, they just to they just need to be back in school. Although school districts are reporting students that have the virus. It is my understanding that if two out of three students have reported that they have the virus, you know, within that school, you know, uh, then then it is known as an outbreak as testing positive for the virus in that school and then that school shuts down. Now, it's recently reported on 12 News on 10-14-2020 that schools here in the Valley, Arcadia, Chaparral, Cactus Shadows, Santan Foothills High School had outbreaks and they were shut down. At the time of Mm -hmm. this report, yeah, at the time of this report, 21 schools have outbreaks in Maricopa County, which is the largest county in the country. 77 positive cases in total. Students equal 66 percent of cases. Now, some people say kids need to be back in schools. Others say that there should be educational options such as virtual learning. Until there are other solutions initiated for curtailing this virus. What are your thoughts on this, Michelle, as you were once a school teacher? Yeah, I was just going to say as a former teacher, first of all, it, it all boils down to money. Mm-hmm. Those schools should not be opened until all of the buildings have been inspected for their HVAC, all the circulation, the air circulation. The mm-hmm. What all this is, Teresa, and you and I have uh, pondered this to ad nauseum. The point is, this is, it's almost deliberate. It's a cleaning out, if you will. The, mm-hmm. That's why this crazy lady, this DeVos, who's in there for the uh, the board of education, for the education, whatever her thing is, she mm-hmm. is, that's why they want these charter schools. They do not want public schools to thrive. They want them to fail, and then they can do their voucher program, and this all goes into the, the religious right and, and whatever. They want to do prayers in the school, and there's a whole, it's, it's a bigger picture that people don't see. Uh-huh. The, the fact that they don't fund each school and each school system needs a budget to not only mm-hmm. wipe down the desk, they need to do a whole overhaul. Some of these buildings are so decrepit yes. in, in these uh, areas. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to teach a high school in Detroit at the same school as my then father-in-law went to junior high there. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that was in the 70s. So that gives you a clue. I mean, we had Mm -hmm. bats in there. We had all that. It was uh, amazing how decrepit the Mm -hmm. the school had become. So Mm -hmm. there's no conscience involved with this. This is all about making money. They want to get people back to school so the parents can go back to work. This yeah, is that's, not about yeah. helping the students be mentally healthy and, and, and so on. No. To send them back to these schools without the proper um, equipment, I think is mm-hmm. criminal. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's but my thing. You know, remember, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, remember, um, you know, back when, when they created the lottery, okay, the lottery was going to take the worry out of things that the public school system needed. Okay. 
Remember that? That was the reason that they were creating the lottery. That the, the lottery lot, was going to make sure. I don't remember this. What lottery? You, oh, you know, you the lottery. The, like, the you play the lottery. You know, you play lottery. the lottery. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the right. lottery was supposed to do. The lottery was supposed to help the schools, you know, it, you know, because it back then there was oh, an yeah, issue with sure. the mm-hmm. school, the schools getting um, the mm-hmm. teachers getting paid. Um, you know, teachers have been walking out of school, you know, for for a long time. I mean, heck, when I was in school, you know, teachers were, were uh, boycotting and walking out and things like that because of the same stupid reasons. And um, and I totally agree. You know, they if they want these children back in school. Then they need to call uh, organizations that can come in and deal with all of what they need to deal with cleaning out, you know, the air ducts. And uh, and as you said, these schools are so decrepit and things like this. You know, I, I totally agree with that. You know, there still is. um, God, what is that? That uh, that's that's in the wall. I call it arsenic that that's in the walls. And you don't oh, know what. Abestos, yes, yes, abestos is yes, abestos is in the wall. Thank you, and 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 I mean, you know, this is something that they could have been, um, you know, rectifying for these students, and then they're telling them, oh, you know, you you need to be back in school, and yes, it's all about money, uh-huh. but what's more important? What is really more important? And I do, and I and I understand, you know, the quagmire that it puts certain individuals in is like, well, gee, I have to go to work. You know, so uh, it is. It's more feasible for my child to be in school than you know. And then by the time I get off work, you know, my kid is out of school. However, they have it. You know, they may not have somebody to pick their child up or be home with them and things like that. So I get all of that, but I'm just saying wow. that this is this is totally ridiculous. And it's you know, I hear a lot well, of people. Well, what say, it points out, it it really points out all of the gaping holes in yes. our society and that's what i was getting ready to say and again people who have money they can hire nannies and do whatever they want but this Mm -hmm. strikes at the heart of people who have um you know hourly jobs or or where they don't have the support system that we don't have any kind of program uh, a national uh what should we say, pre-K and all. Biden is big into this in getting the three- to five-year-olds in school ahead of time as part of school, not just a nursery school. Exactly. That's one of his things. And uh, I think it's very important that we look at education not as going to a building, but education has to be the whole package. What are these kids exposed to every day in terms of their... Mm -hmm. Um, their learning capacity. Not every kid has a laptop. Not every kid has high-speed broadband in their house. Well, you, I mean, well, you know that... Go ahead, Yeah, the technical divide is a whole nother conversation as well. I mean, you know, yeah, they... they, 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 they t- it just points out how, how we have failed in this country. That, exactly. To- and I mean, it's no reason for it. This country has a lot of money, had a lot of money and all of this. And there's just no reason for it that that there is still a technical divide in this country. You do have companies like Microsoft, Apple, um, uh, uh, you know, people that, you know, that that uh, do things, you know, like like me or you or whatever, giving laptops or iPads or whatever where we can. 
And I mean, that, I mean, that's just really ridiculous that when a child walks into school, they should have everything that they need to succeed, period. But like you said, exactly. there is an underlining thing here that, no, I don't want you to succeed, particularly a segment of individuals. They don't want to succeed.
Well, I definitely have an opinion. The fact is that they're, they're really, I'm against any religious test uh, anymore. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was Jewish. They had hard enough time getting her on there. You know, it, it, the fact that this person is a devout Catholic, I, I applaud her commitment to her faith. That's mm-hmm. not the point. The point is her stance on these issues regarding the uh, the impact of the abortion issues. They just unearthed another thing about her, uh, this anti-abortion, this school where um, the teachers that were the gay, did you see that part? No. The, um, the ones where they wouldn't, uh, she was on the, the board and um, about they would not hire anybody gay and that they would not admit any student who had gay parents. Now, to see, me, this see, that's, see, that's more that in itself than right there. Else. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what I'm I, saying. I don't, don't, go com- don't go comparing yourself to Ruth Ginsburg because, like I said, she was, you know, exceptional. And I, and I, you know, along with you and other um, individuals, you know, I, I always agreed um, with with the majority of the overwhelming majority, I don't think I ever disagreed with anything that she talked about. Um, I I admired her um, immensely for her intelligence, her tenacity, her strength, you know, her wit, all of that. Um, I you know I I admired that. Now, Alex Rogers just um, you know right when I was getting ready to air updated you know uh-huh. what we're talking about, uh, Michelle, and he says that. The Senate, he, he works for CNN, the Senate um, uh, Judicial Committee committee, uh, committee voted Thursday to advance the nominations of uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, setting up a final vote for confirmation on Monday. So the vote was 12 to 0. The 10 Democrat senators on the panel boycotted the vote and filled their seats exactly. with pictures of people who rely upon the Affordable Care Act, which she is against, drawing attention to an upcoming case on the health care laws constitutionality. This has been a mm-hmm. sham process from the beginning, says Senate Democrats in a statement. Amidst a global pandemic and ongoing elections, Republicans, this is what I'm talking about, are rushing to confirm a Supreme Court justice to take away health care from millions and execute the extreme and deeply unpopular agenda that they've been unable okay. to get through Congress. Personally, Michelle, I call it a shim-sham process, so I agree with this. However, do you agree with, the, with what the Democrats are saying, that this has been a sham process from the beginning? Well, yeah. But I, I'm not even looking at it from a Democratic uh, Party lens. What I'm looking at is the the agenda that has become part of this country's uh, mantra, if you will. They want it. That's what make America great again means. When was again? 20 exactly. years ago, 100 years ago, that kind of thing. The fact no, is they, like want, they, they, they do, this all goes back the changing demographic in this country yes. that um, most people, if you took a survey, are really center, more central in their thinking. They're not extreme like these people. And these people do not represent 
the the majority uh, of what goes on. Her her opinion. Forget that she's Catholic. It's got nothing to do with that. It's the idea that her opinions, unlike RBG, have an impact. RBG was very open-minded. She was an exceptional person. She Mm -hmm. was the type of person that you could really trust to do the right thing. Yes. And what does do the right thing mean? It all depends on your perspective, right? Yes. I mean, she, she was the most transparent, the most um, vigorous champion of people, women exactly. especially. Yes. So and, do you, I don't. I don't trust that this woman would do the right thing for the general population. They want to go back to the Mayflower Compact, where unless you were a Christian white male, you couldn't hold an office. Exactly. And see, exactly. And see, and then this is this is what I'm saying about all of these disillusioned individuals that's following this person in the White House. I'm going to say it. It's my show. And he's singing this mantra and, and this and that. And it's been reported on how he actually feels about them. Let's be let's just say it that he's using them for his own game because that that's what he does. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, you yeah. know, um, when I was attending DePaul University majoring in um, uh, international business, um, um, one of my classes, we I had to read The Changing Face of America. And if none of you uh-huh. have ever read that book, you should. Uh, I'm, it's still in production. You should get it, The Changing Face of America. And it was fabulous. And it talked about it then, you know, 20-something years ago. It talked about it then exactly what you and I are talking about now that the fear of how America is changing. And it's like, oh, 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 we got to do something about this. We got to do this. We got to do that. And this is what I'm saying, making, um, uh, you know, when he's with his mantra about make America great again, people are so disillusioned and lost, you know, in their souls that they're not seeing that he, who is also, uh, uh, um, you know, I won't say, uh, he, he was also to me, and I've said this before, he's like a Jim Jones, okay? He's a cult. Oh, absolutely. And he's, and he's, he's a cult and he's leader. Saying, exactly. He's saying these things because he knows these people are lost, they're disillusioned, they're, because he's lost and disillusioned. But, you know, he feels that he has a tick up on them, you know, because they're, you know, he has these people that's following him and, and whatever, you know. And, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a shame what is going on in our country. Um, you know, they do, they want the Pinta Maria, the, the Mayflower, and all this other crap that when these people came over here and, and um and 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 took millions and millions of um um you know indigenous people lives that still have yet to be rectified on. I mean, we could talk about oh, yeah. the unrectification of this country for the next <laughs> five, six hours or something. But when you know uh, what I'm saying, Michelle, is that you know is is I'm more than sick and tired of people um, harping on um, disillusionists disillusioned individuals and, you know, for, for their own gain. But see, what people don't understand is that nothing lasts forever, but God's love. I've, I've, I've coined that phrase and I say it all the time and I'm going to continue to say it. Okay. So this is why it's important uh, to vote. Do you have any last words? I'm running out of time. Do you have any last uh, words about this subject, Michelle? Well, first of all, thank you for including me in your conversation today. 
my my last word is I have what I call the uh, no bitching rule that if you don't vote, you have not one word to say about anything in my mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you vote for, but just take the action and do it. Exactly. The fact is, is that people, <clears throat> it was James Madison who was terrified of mob rule after experiencing things in Europe. And the, the, the things that he wanted was, was an educated electorate that you cannot sustain a democracy without an informed electorate. Now, that's like almost 300 years ago. So, uh, you know, that, this is partially our fault that we became very complacent and we wanted people to do things that, you know, make it easy. This, the price of convenience is coming home through. That's what exactly. 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 So, exactly. We were we were asleep at the wheel. And so now here we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here we That's are. Me. I mean, it's it's totally ridiculous where we are. Why should we be? Why should we be this way? And then going back to what Don Lemon said, if you have a heart, I mean. The, the question is, do do we have a heart? I mean, you know, it's <laughs> I, I, you know. I don't know, Michelle. No, we've lost our way with this whole whole focus on religion rather than being able to look people in the eye and say, we have your back, we have your best interests at heart. That's completely lost. Oh, there, listen, let me tell you, that's not the only thing, (laughs) only we'll have a conversation, we need to have a conversation too about a whole lot of things that just has, that just have gone awry. Um, that that makes human beings, in my opinion, less than human beings. And as I said before, we are spiritual beings having a human being experience here on Earth and mm-hmm. that it is our duty as that to embrace it and be the best that we can be. Now, having said that, that is that means to do the best that you can to do the best that is the right thing to do. And then unfortunately, in some in that mix, Michelle, as you talked about the right thing to do that RBG uh, did is that a lot of people don't know the right don't know the right thing to do. But we're not talking right. about those people. We, we're talking about these people who who are fully awake and cognizant of what they are doing and they know what they are doing and they They're don't care. Yeah. They don't care about their outcome as long as they get what they're doing they're done. That's, That's it. it. They're coming from a position of scarcity. They better get theirs and get out of the way. As like that clip when they show Trump when he first went overseas and he pushed all those people out of the way so he could get to the head of the line. Do you remember yeah. that? Yes. He, he pushed himself forward because he's such, he's such an uncouth. Um, mm-hmm. He was not, he, it was like he was raised in a barn somewhere. Mm-hmm. He was his mind is him, yeah his, his mind is a barn. He was such a despicable individual, and his father could have used a little uh, help too. Yeah, it was a little. This, this is what a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, your your well, voice went down there. Yeah, no, that's okay. But I want to thank you again, and I think we need to continue this conversation and use your platform to inspire people to think. Everybody's on the automatic pilot here. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just we need to wake up and smell the folders, really. Exactly. You know, well, this is why I'm on the air. A lot of people have their reasons to be on, you know, oh, I have a podcast. I have a podcast, you know, and I'm doing very well in my podcast. Thank you to my listeners. And most of all, thank you to God. And I and I appreciate, um, you know, the the powers to be at TalkZone.com as well for, you know, allowing me to to have my platform. Here's the thing. Um you know, I'm an educator. I'm not a, a, you know, a teacher per se, but you know, some people don't have to have, oh, I taught third grade or fifth grade. You don't have to be that to be an educator. And, and it's important that I, I want people to be cognizant. I want them to wake up. I want them to shake themselves and shimmy into the way they're supposed to be shaken and shimmy and know exactly what the reason people are walking around here and they still don't know why they are here. They're just figuring that this that they're here. Some even some people don't even know they're here. They're just going through the motions every day, you know. So this right. is why um, I have, you know, that this is more reasons than that. But this is just some of the reasons that I have my my platform that I have, and I'm going to use it until and until until, and that's it. Okay, let's move on. The strength of the women woman vote is said not to not to no longer be red or blue, but pink. Now, this is a report on CBS Sunday morning on 10, 18, 2020. And it spoke about the power of the suburban woman, Michelle. And I'm sure that you've heard this conversation. Keeping keeping in mind that there is no longer night that this is no longer 1950 or 1960. Uh, The Mm -hmm. suburbs, you know, are now very diverse, not just majority white, as some still may think like that thing in the White House that slaves built. Now, do you feel, Michelle, that that the suburban women, you know, because remember, he was talking about the suburban woman, you know, they're going to come and flood your suburbs. And it's stupid um, are, are a key factor for helping determine the winner of this presidential election. Very quickly, because I've I got a couple I, other things I want to talk about, about. Suburban women don't vote as a block. The, the, the people the suburban women, as they call us, who knows? I mean, a lot of them vote like their husbands tell them to vote, believe it or not. Or mm-hmm. um, they're, they're very independent. And I, you can't just say, oh, this to try to scare them. It's so funny the, <clears throat> that he, he thinks that people are so stupid. It's just people aren't awake. And the, mm-hmm. the suburban women are probably the more educated portion, uh, if you will. But that doesn't necessarily, I know a lot of educated people that are voting for him. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. I, I don't understand it. But um, I don't think you can say it's going to be a, a uniform block of votes. I, I don't think so. I think it's just... Um, we have to count on the positive nature of people who are in the middle of the road rather than mm-hmm. looking at suburban women. I don't think that's a good block. Well, you know, well. this is just something that has been talked about, you know, 1950s, 1960s, you know, and this, and this once again, you know, um, um, I, I felt, you know, that once again, that, you know, that you had, you know, uh, the basket of deplorables uh, who would be talking 
and they just want want people to think that you know oh well there's there's power right there and and no in 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 white suburbia but it's not you know because this is just this is just still his idealism of spewing separatism and you know whatever you know as i said you know nothing lasts forever but god's love you all going to remember this okay michelle I have a, a something else I want to talk about as I'm running out of time. I want to get this in real quick. Go ahead. Let's, let's move our discussion to the one in 10 Americans who are struggling to afford enough food and the pandemic um, amid the pandemic by a report by Megan Leonhardt of the CNBC.com on 9-10-2020. It says in part the following, over the last several months, the coronavirus pandemic has dramatically affected millions of Americans' ability to afford the basics, including food. About 10% of Americans, 22.3 million reported, they sometimes or often didn't have enough to eat within the past week. According to the latest household poll survey fielded between August 19th and 31st, 2020, and released Wednesday by the U.S. Census Bureau. Now, overall, American families are particularly affected. About 14 percent of adults living with children reported that the kids in their households sometimes or often didn't eat enough over the past week because the family couldn't afford it. That's particularly concerning given that parents and guardians generally try to protect children from going hungry, usually cutting down their own portions first. When households report that children aren't getting enough to eat, it indicates that the food insecurity is more pronounced, according to the CBPP researchers, which stands for the Center on Budget and Policy Procedures. So in fact, 24% uh-huh. of parents reported they worried in July if their children did not return to school full time in the fall. They would not be able to provide enough food for them to eat at home, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation's July health tracking poll of over 1,100 adults. People are struggling out there. These are historic levels of hardships, listeners, which the aforementioned is not a topic of discussion, along with many other necessary topics of discussions that are negatively affecting Americans of this current administration administrations your thoughts very quick michelle well I, I, it all goes back to that whole the whole construct of what the society has done the fact that we link health care to a person's employment is a tragedy that that's a way of keeping people engaged so that they you know the the employer has the upper hand. This goes back to the daycare issue that they don't provide. There is, they're so afraid of socialism that they don't see socialism as, as a way for the social good rather than, you know, helping each person have some kind of a, a, a stipend. The fact that children are going hungry here and these other fat cats are marching around in Washington. I, I there's no excuse for that. There, exactly. There isn't, and to tie it to the school, see, this is it goes back again. The fact that they can't go to school, this is it's all. If you looked at it as a matrix on a board, it all goes back to the core. It's it designed does. to weed out people from they're getting too far ahead. Uh, of their speed, and uh, you better go back and and uh, know your place and all of that. That's well, you know, 
it's yeah yeah michelle it's the have or have nots you know they wanted to go back to the time when we didn't even have paved streets you know what i'm saying how that was back then and um, they want uh-huh. to, okay, well, you know, we have, you know, like the king and queen, they want you to bow down to the king and queen. You go out and work right. and, 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 and give you and give them all of your money, citing it as taxes. You know, let's remember that right. Jesus, let's, let's remember the, that Jesus uh, turned the over the, let's remember that Jesus turned over the, the, the table of the, of the tax collectors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what I'm saying is that this is definitely have and have not that is that is you know sputing this ugly head again i just want to get in one more thing very very quick okay um mm-hmm. i want to just very quickly say you know since this is a topic of uh you know that i'm having with you know women is that you know it's not just about being a woman to all of my female listeners out there it's also about being a lady okay and that a lady is should also you know, uh, uh, be highly and duly noted it that I am a woman and I'm also a lady because a lady embodies sophistication. A lady embodies respect from her, her male counterparts. A lady, um, is strong. You know, a lady is, is self-reliant, not dependent. You know, a lady don't dress any kind of way. She doesn't sit any kind of way. She doesn't talk any kind of way. She does not act any kind of way. And she just don't do anything just out of haphazardly. Okay. So I just wanted to, 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 to note that, you know, as I'm ending my uh, conversation, my engineer is telling me I have like a minute and a half. So Michelle, thank you so much for being on my show. You know, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, being on my show, you know, um, and listeners, I will be returning on election day, 11, 3, 2020. And I want to tell you to be kind to yourself because that's where it starts first. Then, <clears throat> excuse me, then display that on others. Be safe, be cognizant, be strong, wear your PPEs actually at all times, get rest as much as possible because that's what strengthens our immune system. God bless you all. God bless you, Michelle. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa. Make it a great day.